Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Ephesians 5 from verse 15 to 33. Let me read Ephesians 5, 15 to 33. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise making most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives will submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself, himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, then, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Verse 33, and in closing, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Today we are continuing with the sermon series, Marriage Vows, and we've gotten to the place that is most hated by couples, especially at the wedding. One of the things I've realized, especially after doing a few or um, officiating some of these weddings, is the couple normally gets to this point and they're like, Pastor, do we have to say those things? Do we have to actually even repeat them after you? Can you just say them for us? And I'm like, no, no, no. This is, these are your vows, not mine. And this part is simply this. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness, and in health. It is the most dreaded part of the vows. The question today is, why? Why is it so dreaded? People have joked that you should read something like this, for better, for richer, and in health. Poverty and sickness, why should we have to repeat that? Guys, like I said last week, I love weddings. How many love weddings? How many love weddings? How many? 
It's our. I want ask you to share. Yeah, yeah, I like weddings. And as weird as that sounds, I'm sticking by it. We shall meet in heaven, God willing. Praise the Lord. Mm. I love them. I actually am those guys who get very emotional in weddings at times. Especially if I know you very well. I know your story. I was at your show. I was there in days of age. I know the drama that's there. I know the stuff that happened. So when I'm there, I'm like, oh. You know those guys that Okay, I'm not going to mention the government officials, but you know what I'm talking about. Those guys that in really deep times, I emotional kanakujan. I'm one of those. And so, yeah, I'm one of those guys. And I read an article this past week, believe it or not, done by the UK insurance company, Protectivity. It said that after surveying a thousand people, they found that the last reason that will make people cry at a wedding is the bride walking down the aisle. Ladies with your nice dresses, Aki. The second best reason that will make people cry at a wedding is the vows exchange moment when the couple exchanges vows. And the first reason, believe it or not, in the UK that will make people cry is meeting their lost friend or relative. I was like, Ukuniwapi. Here in Kenya, though, that's Rudy Mbani. The reasons are different. I believe our last reason to cry at a wedding is meeting our friends and relatives. We see them all the time. They visited us. We are community kind of people. Africa tunakuanga even. We know each other. Neighbors need. The second best reason in this country maybe can be between the bride walking down the aisle and the vows exchange. If you know the couple, maybe in a group. But I believe the number one reason <laughs> for crying at a wedding in Kenya may be the lack of food. <laughs> hey, have you ever been to a wedding and all of a sudden, unafika na you're not seeing catering? And you've been told to go to the reception. Hey, the comments, unakujanga flying. <laughs> and it's anything food. If the food is little, Yani, I've come, drove all this way. Food is our number one reason. <laughs> God forgive us. What I found very interesting about the article is that Protective Insurance Company, together with a list of other companies, offer, believe it or not, wedding insurance. How many have ever heard of wedding insurance? Yeah, I was like, wedding what? Wedding insurance. I know there are insurance gurus in the house. And I know they're just like, mm, probably we knew about it, but they, maybe our market is, wouldn't be as, as, as accepting. The high cost of wedding ceremonies today enable such companies come in and offer wedding insurance. It covers everything from the cancellation of the wedding. Imagine. 
damaged or theft of the dress. You know, maybe you're coming along with a ruke, so you get <laughs> paid. It covers the suits, maybe something happened to it, the wedding rings, maybe they dropped and I don't know. Failure of suppliers, it covers all of that. But what the insurance companies will not offer is cover for the marriage. They'll cover your wedding. Ukisha toka kwa ceremony. Adios. Enda ujisot, my brother. That is where the meat of this stuff is, is in. This is insurance to guard against the very elements that are stated in the vows, especially the ones that seem negative. They seem negative. They were stated for worse, for poorer, and in sickness. Imagine with me if there was insurance against the worst part of marriage. Like before you walk in, probably sometime at a Sharia house, and then you sign the certificate, there was actual insurance for the worst part of your marriage. Like I will have some money paid into my account or something. When I get sick or my spouse gets sick and I can't take care of them, I will be covered. And there is somebody who is offering that and you don't need to worry. Or when poverty kicks in, there's no money in the house. I go because I have insurance and I will be paid even in the millions. Marriage will be easy, my goodness. Can you imagine Sharia House, the lines that will be there? Come up with a new passport. You'll be booked. Marriage guys, we only allow Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You're too many. Between 8 and 10. But just imagine if that was the case. But we know it is not the case. The first part of the vows take care of the obligations under the law of the land and inform us of what we need to know about the union or calling. It informs us that both the spouses are coming together to own one another through the union of sex. This next part of the vows, the one we just read, now tries to direct our whole being to look into the life that takes place after the wedding ceremony. In some peculiar way, it is directing our thoughts to the good and the bad of the married life. Just as each of our lives has better and worse days, so will marriage. You know, for some reason, I'm coming to understand, we accept the fact that life will happen to us as individuals. But we tend to forget or ignore the fact that it will also happen in the married life with somebody else. Is that a Ignore that or not, are not conscious enough of that. What the vows are trying to do at this point is almost force the couple to get beyond the fake expectation they have of each other and see the life coming ahead. It's the same feeling when you sign the contract of a new job. When you're signing it, you are not thinking of the late nights and the craziness of the boss. You've not experienced it. You don't even know how he behaves. You probably have. It's tough. But you've not experienced it. 
Those of us who started a new business, the first week you were like, oh, I can't wait to be meeting the church. My account will be full until they refuse to pay you the checks or you have to wait for three months. We know the feeling. It is across the board. When you buy a new car, oh my goodness, the smell of the seats. Hmm? The tires are fresh, man, they're new. But you kind of put it at the back of your mind somewhere, Uko, that eh, the garage in Ukombele, Sisai, as in right now, let me enjoy. Let me put some fuel in it. Make it a full tank just to, I just drive around. I remember the first time I got a car, man, who is this? Just feed the tank because it's my house. You've been walking this road, man, I'll just drive. Mm, yeah, not call, oh, but you're Until the thing goes to eat, then you're like, oh. I'm a the you wake up in the morning and it's flat, and you you will face them with somebody else in the house. It is said that there are generally four stages to the married life. Those who done doa will attest to this. Some doa, friends of mine are in the house. Dream, drama, discovery, and dance, or what was called depth. Some have said there is five, with the inclusion of the disillusion stage after the drama stage. Dream, ni honeymoon. Mm. Badum Nataliana in each other's eyes. Oh, sweetie. When I see you, you If you are still there, God bless you. It's up. Nothing wrong. Young people. you are able to go up. I can't wait to see you. Like, I can't wait to see my baby there in a few hours. I open up the job by the day. I could not believe it. There is a drama stage where now all the hell breaks loose. Now the sweetie is turning to the devil. The smell she was releasing that you put in mind now stinks. Uh, there is a lot that is happening. All of a sudden, if you do, I made a mistake here. Who are you? The disillusioned phase is now when you're so sick of the drama, you're actually thinking whether to stay or to leave. That's why it's to be Because at some point in the drama, you're like, you know what, I either go through this as I can. That's the decision phase. And then comes after that the discovery where the fake expectations are let go. If you finally decide, you know what, that smell is not that bad. Sewage is worse. Yeah, can handle actually. The fact. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I check up? I think to <laughs> agree. The final one is the depth stage. Where now finally both of you have gone into a place where you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to lay myself on the table and lay everything about me. And you lay everything about you, and we are cool. It's amazing. Those are the stages. Young people take note. Eh? Single people in the house? Yeah. Mm. Just as in life, this will happen in every marriage. It always begins with the honeymoon. It 
through the drama and finally the smooth sailing. Do you know where your marriage is today? Do you know the stage? Because the more you know where you are, the more you're self-aware, the better it is you will handle it. Do you know the stage of life here? Do you know where you are, even with the person you're dating, or even if not, where are you this lovely morning, afternoon, sorry? Where is your business at? Where is your relationship with your boss at? Um, have you figured the place where you can't stand this joker? As in, he walks in and just like, Oof, Jesus, give me air to breathe. Where are you? In the new job. Which stage of life are you in? Exactly where you are right now. What happened to this is what you sensed God was leading you to. Is this what you sensed God was leading you to? The job that you asked the Lord for. But now seems like it's the worst thing on earth. When you look at your spouse, married people in the house, <laughs> are you at a place you're like, drama is so major, mama, you're like, and we get there. We get there. And you're like, Mukundiyale Tumama. The business that you really ask the Lord to set up. Are you at a place where now you're like, ah, you know what? I think Nilikona Jambia. Where are you today? 2020, February, month two. Where are you? What happened between this is God to I, I don't know what, what I'm feeling right now. What, what happened? Do you know what happened? Remember the story of Job, guys. Job, the Bible says, when we are introduced to him, to Namiwa, he was perfect, upright, and hated evil. He was an arachious man. Yani, akuna madoadoa tuliona mbili tigani. Then, God allows life to happen to him. Do you remember when the friends came to say hello? Kumtemele. You know those friends? Atuamekuja kuomba na lea. They looked at him and said, Hey dude, I think something is wrong with you. Imagine that for a second. The Bible describes him as righteous, but then the friends are like, uh-uh. Something is wrong. Why? Because of what he was going through. To make matters worse, his wife, utterly discouraged by the happenings, gets so discouraged and utters the words that completely annoy him. Job 2, 9 and 10 tells us, tells us this. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity through the stuff you're going through? Curse God. It's written in the Bible. Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking, hey, this, this is the Bible, you see, ladies, it's the, it's the scriptures. You are talking like a foolish woman. Meandikwa. 
Aki, aki, aki. Like. Aku muita foolish, alisema like. <laughs> Shall we accept Job and Amuliza, good from God and not trouble? In all this, the Bible says, Job did not sin in what he said. He didn't sin. Where are you and what are you saying about the state of life that you live? Let me read Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8. There is a time for everything. A season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time... A time to be born <laughs> and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. Verse 7, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Allow me to add this bit over here. A time for better, a time for worse, a time for riches, a time for poverty, a time for sickness, and a time for health. Those are times allowed by God under heaven. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 14 informs us that when times are good, be happy. Tuite baski anani nakosa kunita kuna drama. Have celebrate but when times are bad consider this God has made one as well as the other therefore no one can discover, can discover anything about their future we don't know he has numbered our days he is the one who knows Jesus made a reference to all of this in Matthew 8 19 and 20 it says then a teacher of the law came to him and said teacher I will follow you wherever you go and remember, this is after the um, someone on the mount. Christ was already looking so powerful. This dude, man. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, he's the God he's talking about. And so guys were coming in. They were almost enthronging. I want to be with you. I want, I want your space. I want to be in your crowd. Christ looks at him and tells him, foxes have devils. Birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Translation, you was telling him, dude, we look so nice right now. Eh? You see, yeah. you think I can heal the sick, you think I'm God of heaven, yeah, but I don't even have somewhere to lay my head to sleep. Think twice before we get. Guys, to finish this conversation by just saying that there'll be bad days and good days, I think it would be a waste of our time. We know that. We are old enough to understand. Mazea, I've gone through life and I've seen the best part of it. And so, the question then is what do we do? How do we, what do we do about this good and bad? What do we do about knowing there's sickness and there's health? Yes, I know I'll get home at some point in this year, maybe the next week. But then, so what? 
Number one, we must first understand the bad times in our lives aren't meant to destroy us. Married couples, young people thinking about marriage, the bad times in your marriage were never meant to destroy you. They are not meant to destroy you. They are simply, and hear this and hear this well, for your and mine good. They are for our good. The bad times will only destroy you and I'm sorry to say if you're outside of Christ. This is why I know. Romans 8.28. You know this one. Everything will work together for the good of those who love God. Love God. Everything will work together for the good of those who love God. Doesn't end there. And are called according to his purpose for them. Bad times are to make us better. Everything is working out for your good. The times of lack may reveal a pride in us that we never knew we had. Something else may reveal your selfishness that you absolutely never thought was in your system. So what is the drama phase revealing to you? I've always said when you are almost fighting with somebody, I've not said fighting, after service. When you're almost fighting with someone, I kid you not, if you study yourself very well, you will find out something about yourself that you never knew. Kumbe can swear. anger issues. I never knew that. The drama phase in a marriage, the drama phase in a relationship, the drama phase in a business entity shows you something about yourself that you probably never knew. What is that that you're learning? What is it that you're telling you about yourself? Because the more you can see that, the more you can understand what it is is your problem or mine. Can you see that today? The Lord uses the avenue of marriage to help clear this from our system. I know you've heard of the term marriage is never meant to make us happy. It is meant to make us holy. That's the point of marriage. It is a sieve through which God purifies you and I of all the impurities that are inside us and that we brought into the very place of marriage. What is God seeping through you? What is God seeping in relationships, young people? What is God seeping through you or from you in the business? What is he seeping? Even in the place of school, you're struggling with a space and you're going to say, okay, why am I struggling with this one? When you want to hear and all of a sudden you can't, you can't take orders from him or her. Why? Ask yourself. There's beef between you and the teacher and you're like, Okay, what's going on? Do you, do you see it? Because the more you see it, the better it is, you will understand what's happening. James 1, 2 to 4 informs us to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything 
Let it finish its work. Persevere. Let it finish its work. Don't quit too easy. Okay, this teacher doesn't like me. I am out of this class. Bye. Hey. It doesn't work like that. You may notice, I, this chick now, nowadays, I feel by being, you know what? Two on honor, man. Let perseverance finish its work so that we may all be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Number two, you said number one, the bad times aren't meant to destroy us. Number two, we must watch our behavior in the bad times, our attitude, how we carry ourselves in the bad times. Why? It will govern how fast we learn the lessons and eventually how quickly we come out of the issues. The children of Israel, each Israel took 40 years in the desert. And the journey was supposed to be how long? How many years? The journey from Egypt to Canaan was how long? 11 days. They took 40 years going round and round and round. Some of the arguments we have in our marriages, in our relationships, yeah, are meant to teach us something. The quicker we learn, the faster we come off the arguments. The slower we learn, the more God is like, okay, you know you're my baby, so I can finish it badly. And an argument will come over and over and over until we learn. What arguments do you know? What, what, what's the drama? What's the drama? Where are you? Because even on Israel took 40 years. 40, 40 years. Do you know how long 40 years is? Arguing over the same thing. At the sweet team, aren't you? I can buy it to cake on my birthday. Huh? Cake, no? <laughs> Next birthday means sweet tea, Aki. Please just get me a cake. No, 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 no. Ten years old, like sweet tea. Imagine just buying a cake. Cake, what to a cake, yeah? Yeah. Just buy us the cake. You're dropping the issue. It is as simple as that. That is how God functions. Until you learn in the drama phase or in the issue, will take 40 years. Acts 16, 25 and 26 witnesses to us that about midnight, you know the story, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison, do prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The number one behavior that must be watched in these bad times is through the actions of the tongue. Your tongue. Ulimi. What do you say when you have bad days? What are you confessing to yourself? Face forward. In times of poverty, like January, amen? What are you confessing? Are you saying, oh, January, here we are. In situations of sickness, are you cursing or blessing? Have you gotten to the place where jobs have got to? of cursing God and dying because of the hell in your life. Some of us have walked away from him. We are present, 
But you're like, you know what, God, me and you, I had such a moment. I was like, Jehovah, you know what, I don't think you really do care about what's happening in my life. I will still be there, but imagine I'm passing. You do whatever you want to do. You want me to praise her, I'll pray. You want me to kneel down, I'll kneel down. But my heart was gone. I was, I had checked out Kitambo San. So where are you today? What are you saying about the bad side of life that may be happening or you can see almost happening? Remember what the Bible testified of Job. In all Job, in all of the, the, the things Job went through, he did not sin in what he said. Proverbs 12.14 tells us, A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks, not just to God, in all circumstances, both the good and the bad, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, give thanks. For this is God's will for you and I in Christ Jesus. Psalms 34, I love this one. You know it. Verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I know some of us can even see the problem coming and you're already saying, Ooh, Jesus, what am I going to do? I bear him to bless him. Say, Job, I can see Goliath coming, but you are stronger than Goliath. That's what David said. David was a boy when he looked at Goliath. And everyone was like, what are you trying? Dude, you know, this guy will crush you. And he said, uh -uh, I have a God who is beyond what I'm seeing. What are you confessing? Young people, what are you confessing about your future? Are you praying for your spouse? Those are questions I ask young people all the time. Am I just saying, hey, my name is Kuizi, boss. Juicing my tissue and my tissue is easy, man. Juicing my tissue and my tissue is easy, What are you confessing? What are you confessing? And here's the thing. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. Whether you have 50 boyfriends or one. Si wambi zang. Well, na juazang. Each one of us has gone through drama from years to Timbuktu. But that, that does not mean what we confess is negative. No. Because we've, we've read in the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 7 to 10 caps all this off telling us that in order to keep Paul from becoming conceited, he was given a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment him. Three times he pleaded with the Lord to take it away from him. What did God say? My grace is sufficient for you. Guys, here's the thing. No matter what drama you, you faced, no matter what drama you're facing right now, and here's the news, by the way, the drama you will face, because as long as you live here, uh, your drama is inevitable. The grace of God is what is promised to be sufficient. 
Paul, Paul asked three times. This is Paul. Eh? The guy who did like participate in many churches. Some of us to me are too modern, you really cry. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. This guy, after so many judges, you're still like, God, please, he too. Maybe the congregants, my grace is sufficient for you. That's the promise. That's the insurance. That is it. I urge you today, guys, I urge you, please, by the mercies of God, to know that his grace is sufficient for you. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about all my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults. Hey, how many delight in insults? In hardships, January. In persecutions, you never did, but they're saying you did in difficulties. Paul said he delighted in them. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God is promising us that if we are in him, his grace, his strength, will see us through. It will see us through the bad. It will see us through the worst, through the sickness, through whatever it is, guys, through whatever. The poverty, and even if they don't pass, because here's the thing, they may not pass by the way, guys. I'm one of those pastors that will tell you, I see you coming out in Jesus. I only know about his grace. I know that he has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. That is all. He's promised to be there through it all. Through it all, he has promised to do what? To be there. And one of the things I must tell you in closing, is that even if the bad does not pass, married couples, young people, whatever it is, whatever place you're in, the bad, the worst, the poverty, the sickness, even if it does not pass, as long as you're his child, as long as you love him, as long as you're with him, the promise that he has given us is that there's a life with him in eternity. And that life will have no bad in it. You've read Revelation. Give me Revelation. It says there's going to be there's going to be no tears in that place. No heartache. No poverty. No sickness in that place. So, if you're not his child, you have an opportunity to receive him. But if you're his child, there's going to be a place where we live happily ever after. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Trubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.